0: Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Talking About the Big Stuff. I'm Matthew, your co-host. Uh, with me, as always, is Mike, my co-host, who's drinking. And joining us today, um, an old, old, um, not for a long time just he's old uh dear friend of mine uh as we always have said my brother from another mother mr mookie harris
2: hi everybody
0: how you doing yeah so yeah
1: comedy together back in the 90s oh my
0: god i remember the 90s glory days yeah i was in uh i was in elementary school all the way up till my freshman year of high school in 99 so i i have a pretty good memory of the 90s that is fantastic Yeah, I I, just like to make Matthew feel old whenever possible. (laughs) Oh, hey, and I'm here to make Matthew feel younger. Oh, nice.
1: So, Mookie, right before you joined, I was just starting to tell Mike a story about you and Rob when you worked at, I think, Record Bar?
2: Yeah. um, Back in the day. Crabtree Mall.
1: Yeah. There was time they were working, and this girl, maybe 16 years old, and they were at college, I guess, right? You guys were at college or just after?
2: Yeah, I, I was, yeah, yeah, we were both at NC State, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so the girl comes over, and she's like kind of bopping this, you know, high school girl, and Rob or Mookie, one of them, they're, they're interchangeable, leans to the other and goes like, I bet she's getting Debbie Gibson, and the other one's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, I bet she's getting, you know, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany you know, and the girl plops a Jimi Hendrix cassette, and a cassette is a way we used to listen to music before MP3s, um, right. a Jimi Hendrix cassette onto the counter. And they're just both shocked that she's getting one of the classic rock stars of all time. And they say, Wow, you're a Hendrix fan? And she says something to the effect of, Well, I only just got into him, but I think he's amazing. Do you know if he's coming out with anything new?
0: Nice. So <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you guys a little story that reminds me that, that reminds me of. I was at lunch today with some co-workers, uh, Matthew, you know, Subba. Uh, Subba was there and and we went to a Hibachi and she videoed the fire going up. And she's like, what song should I put on it? And I was like, you should put light my fire by the doors. And she was like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, you don't know who the doors are. And she goes, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not as old as you. I'm like the doors. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, uh, Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison was dead 10 years before I was born. Like, we're not like, this is, this is just classic. You need to understand this as a, as a piece of of, of musical history, and she was like, No, nah, I don't know. And then I started playing it for it. She goes, It sounds old. I'm like, He's been dead for fifty years. What's amazing it is, is that
1: <laughs> even though it was recorded in the sixties, it sounded fresh in the eighties. Like it was an eighties sound, yeah. even though yeah. it really it was, was. 60s. and
2: you know, like I, I feel like right now we're in this weird, uh, wonderful golden age where the kids today are experiencing all music concurrently. Mm-hmm. And and so um, they learn retroactively when a song is from. They they don't go seek something out. There's no oldie the station. It's or, just their um, Spotify yeah. feed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it's possible to listen to like uh, a, a, a like a what do I want to say? Not classic alternative, but but sort of like a all generations alternative station on Sirius XM or something, where they're playing. Um, something from 1990, along with something from 2012, and if you don't know just from production values or something like that, you don't care. So I feel like, not not to disparage your friend too much, you don't get an excuse these days of that's old.
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
2: By by that uh, token, none of us would know who Bach was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and she, she listens to stuff sometimes that I'm like, you know, uh, so she knows, like, early, early Little Wayne, which she was four years old when that song, those songs came out. And I'm like, you know this, so, like, she's like, well, I remember this from being a kid. I'm like, you do not remember this from when it first came out, I promise you. and But she gets into it, so.
2: My partner Kelsey is younger than me, but into older music than me. So, uh. Her very favorite is Genesis, and especially Phil Collins' Genesis, but likes the older stuff too that I never got into the the pre-pop that is the Gabriel guy. And no, I'm hmm, prog rock. <laughs> um, I just never really got into it, and but through uh, that, like, got into other things that were sort of adjacent. Um, probably has a deeper knowledge of Rush and things like that than I do. <laughs> but then there's this hole from, like, that stuff to when she was born to about 15 years later, that I'll, like, say stuff that I'm like, well, this would have been right in your childhood. It's like, no, never heard of it.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: How? How?
0: I have that with, so, like, I'm pretty big into to hip-hop, but I didn't get into hip-hop till I was 16 years old, and so people assume that my knowledge goes all the way back. And I'm like, anything before like 97, all I can think of is Sugar Hill
1: Gang references.
0: I know the Sugar Hill Gang, (laughs) Uh, but also Sugar Hill Gang was before I was born. But I know, but like, you know, like unless it's like Vanilla Ice or it's something that everybody knows, I don't know a lot. So people will talk about Queen Latifah, and I'm like, I know who she is. I could not name a single one of her songs. Right, you know know more from.
1: You took somebody's record and you duped it, you duped it. Then you took the record and you looped it, you looped it. Then you got caught. Pretty stupid. That's <laughs> a third yep. base. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, so good. Look, look them up after the thing. But, but, but like, we music have we have probably like a little here. bit of
2: overlap in hip-hop
0: because
2: I'm like early 80s yeah. to
1: around 2002. Yeah. So, but we're not here to talk about our musical taste. That's not why we brought Mookie on. We brought Mookie on because he and I were coffee. texting the other day. And we came, we hit upon a topic that we thought was cool to talk about. And it was kind of like the concept of silver linings. But it was when like bad things happen, especially big bad things in your life. But yeah. good things end up happening coming out of it. Because life is a roller coaster and good and bad things happen in sequence. But, you know, some things that... Um, you appreciate that you got to have, even though you don't like what it took to get there. Like, for example, maybe having a horrible marriage, but having a child that you truly, truly love out of that horrible marriage would be an example of that. kind of thing. Absolutely. And or having sources? a
0: horrible, horrible child and then getting to keep your spouse that you really love because of the horrible child. Oh, that's Logan what my parents can, Logan did Logan can't hear you, Kenny. No, no, not Logan, me. My parents had one terrible child and they love each other more because of it. So. <laughs> there you go. That's good.
1: It teamed up against you.
2: Yeah, Matthew mentioned that we did improv together. And um, I, as Matthew does, I I teach an amount of improv as well. And so I'm constantly intaking improv theory and philosophy, but also that's stuck in my brain when I encounter real-life problems and things like that, too. And so it influences everything. One of the... uh, tenets of improv not rules but uh tools not rules thank you yeah uh is the idea of looking at everything as a gift so if we're doing an improv scene and i expect uh you know what let me let me give this example there's a guy i know who uh, plays here and he's a wonderful guy but when he first started. Um he he wasn't confident in himself as much as his character work. And so he would like throw everything into that. And, and occasionally would like pre-plan a character. And he would be so in his head about that that when it came time for him to enter, he would sometimes come in as something that wasn't appropriate to what was needed for the scene. So You're in the scene and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till mom gets home and sees the amazing work I've done cleaning this place. And (laughs) it's me, Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) That scene did not need Dracula. (laughs) But it's a joy to be in that scene for that mistake, because now you get to play with why is Dracula here? Is Dracula my mom? has Dracula killed my mom? You're not
1: my real dad, Dracula.
2: Right, exactly. Um, And as long as you turn whatever it was into, like you accept the reality of what they have brought to it, uh, it's good. Now, it's not uh, to say that everything should be Pollyanna and no matter what bad things happen, you go, yeah, ignore the bad. I'm sure we can search really hard and find some good in this terrible 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 thing yeah uh, but i
0: yeah i was well, gonna say yeah. i think that when you when you come into the the idea of of looking at the silver lining it's it's something that i think is really good on a personal level after we the is it cravat attack, Sorry, so,
1: cravat attack yeah
0: you have yes. a shirt on so um but it's it's something that's really good to think about personally and afterward, like after you have some space from it. So, like, I kind of hate when people tell you when you're in the middle of shit, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> but at the same time, then after you've gotten through it, you can say, oh, this, I'm you know, the, I think that what you guys are talking about is the same thing. But it's like, yeah, this didn't happen for a reason, but there was good that came out of it. And, Absolutely. That, and i think it's it, or it, there's it good feels, that came
1: afterwards that you could say yeah. you know if you had not moved back to your hometown yeah. that wouldn't have happened the way it did you would something else right. good would have happened, but not that
0: right. right right and i and i think that a lot of people do conflate those two ideas and i think that i i do not like everything happens for a reason but i do like
1: Everything Looking happens at. for a reason, but it wasn't the one you're talking about. I mean, it happened because I was a terrible husband. Yeah, I mean like that was yeah. real. Yeah.
2: Everything happens for a reason and that reason is cause and effect. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's brownie in motion. Well, um <laughs> yes. But but yeah, to your point, um taking that step back, taking that breath and grabbing what you can out of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I think what led into this discussion, Matthew and I were talking about back in uh, the mid two thousands. Uh, I had been married, we had moved away from Raleigh, uh we were living in the DC suburbs and we split up. And not
1: not not he and I. Him him and some. Correct.
2: Else. Correct. I understand. Just to be clear. Exactly. Um, but uh, uh my wife at the time and I we split, she stayed in Maryland and I had nothing tying me there. We had just moved there a little over a year ago. Um, I had no real uh, deep friendships there. Um, the The job I was working was miserable. Uh, so I just moved back home. Uh, I was like, I'll move in with my parents until I figure things out. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at six months, and then you go do something else, which is about what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up moving back to Indianapolis eventually. But in that little six-month window, uh, I found Matthew's newer improv group that had formed in the time that I was gone. They performed two blocks from my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and wow, we had known Miki each other and performed... Yes, <laughs> we had known each other and performed together uh, for years. It was with a much bigger ensemble. This was a smaller group, yeah. and, but, uh, and at I that I time, became... Mookie
1: and I were friendly, but we were barely friends. We were just yeah, friendly we didn't live near each other. Like, we oh, came yeah. to parties at each other's house, but with twenty other people, not come over for exactly. dinner
2: night. Yeah, but then as a result of that,
1: we got married. Yeah, and then he came came to one rehearsal with my group and said, I would love to maybe perform with you on time. And I was like, Mookie, we're performing Friday night. You're on stage if you want to. You're 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 in the group today if you want to be in the group. Because I will say, people, you may have noticed, but Mookie is one of the funniest people and one of the best and giving improv performers I've ever worked with. So oh. uh, Mookie quickly joined our group and then went to join our old group, You know, rejoin them, and they have a no-compete policy. And when he mentioned to the then owner that, oh, well, I was going to perform at Matthew's group too, um, Richard felt the same way I do. Any Mookie is better than no Mookie. So he was like, oh, you don't have to sign it then. Like, you can perform in both places. You don't have to sign it. Nice. <laughs> like,
2: but then it was more cute. fun to,
1: to perform in my group than there. So he full-time stayed with us.
2: Yeah, and 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 the thing that I wish um, he could have seen at that time, uh, especially, is you guys were so different in what you were bringing uh, it was well, like it was performing in it yeah um, it wasn't quite as different as performing in an orchestra in a tight jazz band but it was might as
1: well have been yeah. I would yeah. say like, they're like McDonald's we were like Applebee's you know we weren't gourmet food but we were sit down restaurant we weren't takeaway.
2: exactly and as of the early 90s
1: you stopped smoking yeah you know we went to the yeah. smoking area moved outside that's correct
0: nice Feel like comparing yourself to Applebee's is harder on on you than I could imagine. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not no nope, kidding. <laughs>
1: Neither am I. I'm just saying, like I'm not, I don't want to oversell the quality yeah. of our art. We were still just a goofy comedy group called yeah. Raleigh's right. Village Idiots. I mean, we were named the Idiots. How 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 serious could we be? But we were. The big difference was the exception of Mookie and I, who were comedians first and foremost. Everyone else in my group was an actor who I taught improv to. So right. they came from a very acting background, a very scene-based background, where Mookie and I came out of comedy, and we were like, wham, bam, how many jokes per minute could we get in? So we were like the punchlines to everybody else's story and character and narrative. All the thing, they, everyone else made it great. Then we're like, well, you, you want to go on stage and finish this off with a punchline, or should I do it? <laughs>
2: nice. Yeah. I was just talking about that the other day, too, because um, comedy works now in Raleigh, formerly comedy sports, and it was part of a bigger, for lack of a better word, chain. Uh, And the one in Raleigh started in 1989. Uh, The one in Indianapolis started in 2002. And like Matthew said, um, in Raleigh, it was started by a guy who didn't do comedy, so he went out didn't and understand he found
1: comedy stand-up
2: really? people because that's what he knew of comedy. I'll, I'll get stand-up comedians. Mm. And so everything we did was built on shticky, stand-up, jokeety joke um, And then I moved here, and it was the same as what Matthew's describing. The group that started comedy sports in Indianapolis was all from musical theater. And, and so it was closer to what uh you ended up with with the village idiots yeah. and and it's just it's so cool to experience two different groups three in my case doing mm-hmm. essentially similar things but from such different places
0: that 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 is cool i i uh i did a little bit of improv in like in theater in in high school and a little bit in college so i have of a I have a taste for it, but not...
1: He did improv he did didn't...
0: like a, a TV sketch show he
1: ran. Yes. Man, uh, one of my friends here, who
2: uh, we, we've been friends for years and years, uh, she um was that close to being Molly on Mike and Molly. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, turns out they went with somebody else. Yeah. Don't know, don't know who that was, but, but, yeah, she could yeah it, it's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, Fizer. there are people we've performed with who. Well, I, here's the story I love telling because I don't even know if you know this, Matthew. Um, I took film classes at NC State, and uh, there were a couple of guys I hung out with all the time, and then. There were a couple other people in the class who uh, I didn't know as well. Uh, one of them being a uh, former NC State basketball star, Chris Corciani, who would just come in when he wanted to and sit over there someplace.
1: I used to hang um, out with, with Corch at uh, Clues Coney Island Hot Dogs. And then he eventually bought the pizza place next door after his basketball career. Was are right. you serious? Yeah, before he went into real estate for a while, he owned the pizza place.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah nice guy. He was just never there. He didn't have to be. but. Um, So we would go over to Brugger's Bagels across the street fairly regularly. And every now and then there was this other guy who would join us.
1: I've got a name in my head of what person you might be leading up to. So I'm I'm sure you know if I'm right, because
0: I I have an idea too. He was
2: was just this weird guy who sat down that way from us. And, uh, and he had a weird laugh that wasn't always at the, at the funniest times. It was just like at a random moment, you just hear him go, and and we'd kinda of laugh a little bit. Um cut to a couple of years ago, I'm reading an article about um this actor and his ties to Raleigh and he mentions uh that he went to NC State and his favorite professor was um oh god, now I'm forgetting him, uh Jim Alchidiac. And I went Michelle Chidiac, I had him for... Oh. And that's when I realized that Zach Galifianakis was in my classes. Nice.
0: I, that's I who I know, thought it was. I
1: was like, Zach overlapped our time. That could be Zach. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's done some stuff since then. He, yeah. He's, well, he's between two ferns.
0: <laughs> so... As a comedy fan, especially, I I'm, I'm, I really am a big stand-up fan, too. But as a comedy fan, I knew who he was before The Hangover. Yeah. And my sister, so The Hangover came out, like, 2008-ish. So, I'd have been 24. So my sister, take yeah, just kind of throw it out there, Matthew, to make you feel old. Uh, my sister says, I want to take you to see The Hangover. It was really funny. I watched it last weekend, and I was like, okay. And so we, we go into the movies and we get we get there and she goes, one of the characters in this movie really reminds me of you. And I was like, is it Zach Galifianakis? And she was like, <laughs> I don't know, it's the guy with, it's the heavy guy with the beard. I'm like, first of all, don't love that that's how you you are describing the person who I remind you of. And she goes, no, not because he's heavy and has a beard. He's so weird in the movie. And I'm like, Much better. okay. And then we get to the point where he says, "Is this this is this Caesar's Palace like the real Caesar's Palace?" And she goes, "You would say that." I'm like, "But I'd be joking." <laughs> I'm like he's not joking. Like and she goes, "Yeah, but like this is your type of humor." I'm like, "Yes, this is my type of humor." So, absolutely, it was a little insulting, but it but it it is correct. So I love the point where you're like, "I don't like you said heavy with a beard," and she
2: said, "No, I said weird." Like, oh, that's better. Much
0: <laughs> better. Yeah, yeah. Nope. She's, uh, she's not the most flattering, uh, little sister. So
2: we can talk about her right now. If you want to.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I can talk about his parents too. His father hates me. Hey, but
2: speaking of, um, uh, like all the things that connect us and things like that. Um, Matthew has told me that you and I have like a lot in common too. Obviously Matthew and I do improv and, uh, all that stuff but uh uh you and i share some of the same brain fun too oh yeah and i don't know to what extent uh all that's been talked about and, and how like
0: i'm very open it's on me too show. good yeah we did we we've done both both septembers i've done uh depression and suicide uh topics to because i because i'm it's big for me i'm i was diagnosed with at the time, it was manic depressive. I think they now call it bipolar. Yeah. Um, but I was diagnosed when I was 18. So um, I've been living more than half my life uh, as, you know, with diagnosis. And I'm at the point now where it's so second nature that I know how to I know how to deal with most of it. I don't have, I don't get that out of control because I, you know, I do the things that I need to do to take care of it. But so I'm very open about, I'm an open book. Good. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I try to destigmatize that stuff as much as possible Me too. Uh, I am uh have general um, major depression uh, and for a while um thought bipolar as well and uh then that diagnosis uh, a, a later like thorough check last year like I I went through a battery of tests to so just go like can I just get a a really good idea of what's wrong with my car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, they said, yeah, that doesn't seem valid. The major depression. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, and then ADHD inattentive type. Oh yeah. So, which with is the, the-, the one that they weren't looking for when I was a kid. If we knew anything about um, ADD back then, It was that uh, little boys get it and it creates physical hyperactivity. Yeah. It's easy to spot because they're just all over the place. Yeah. And then they found out later oh, sometimes little girls get it and they're just daydreaming. Yeah. And then like years later, they went, oh, that happens in boys too. And like, you don't need the age. Well, out of high school by then. Yeah. Because that was the 1860s.
0: Oh, so you're a little bit older than Matthew. Slightly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about <Nice>. a year? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know um, what podcasts you listen to, but I was listening to one about Julius Caesar yesterday that Matthew and I listened to. Is Citation Needed, the podcast. C- Citation Needed. They do a different Wikipedia entry every week or whatever. Oh,
1: okay. And they, made, they read they a made Wikipedia c- entry and pretend yeah. like they're experts because this is the internet and that's how that works.
0: Yeah. And they, okay. on the, on the episode, they said something about the Senate hearing and they were like, and that was Bernie Sanders, first Senate hearing. And I, and I was laughing so, so hard. Perfect. That. Yeah. Oh, that's he great. Was, he was 47 years old <laughs> back then. Well,
2: I bring all that up because I feel like that's something that, um, in, in helping me deal with my depression, um, I, I, I hate the, um, uh, everything happens for a reason. And uh, I yeah. especially hate, well, just look on the bright side, just cheer up. Yes. Uh, yep. things like that completely unhelpful. Yeah. But what is helpful to me is kind of like what you said, just, um, like in the moment, it's hard for me to get hold of. Yeah. And Matthew mentioned something earlier that I always try to remind myself. and I've even got a a picture on the mirror uh, in my house and at my desk of a roller coaster. And that's to remind me that that's how life works. Mm -hmm. Um, When we are feeling good, we don't go, oh, my gosh, it's never going to go down. Yeah, that doesn't happen. But when we're down here, we it's so easy to tell ourselves it'll never go up again. Yeah. And both are impossible.
1: I mean, I always love the um, monologue from the uh, Keanu Reeves, Steve Martin classic Parenthood, 1989, um, where the the, the grandmother does a whole story about, you know, when I was young, we'd go to the amusement park and some people like the carousel. But I didn't get it because you just go around in a circle and it's no fun. I like the roller coaster. There's ups and there's downs and there's ups and there's downs, but that's the way it should be. You know, the whole thing like, that's that's life, up and down. Just going in a circle is nothing.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean you like it on the down, but in the retrospect. I guess, what I had said to Mookie was, I'm not happy you got divorced and were depressed about it and had to move into your parents' house. But I am happy that we became best friends and we and that we weren't before because that happened. Like my life is more fulfilled because Mookie had marital problems. Exactly, and And then I met before that. Thank uh, you for having that problem.
2: Oh, I would have done it sooner had I known.
0: Yeah, Yeah. when when you Matthew when you told me the the thing that you know started all this concept for the topic, my immediate thought was uh, was um, so I went. I had a, a girlfriend that I dated for three and a half years we lived together i moved to colorado for for her you know major it was a major piece of my life and a a major upset um and i thought i was going to marry her i had the ring on layaway i had like all these things going on and then we broke up and i had she got helped me get this job once i got the job she broke up i think that was her way of kind of like gently like letting me go so that i wasn't just completely helpless um and but it was it it was a shit show and it when it and it was it was miserable i was miserable for i had to live with her for four or five months after we broke up until while i waited for a transfer back to massachusetts because i couldn't i you had to be in outside the six-month window to transfer and the job was too good to give up and so it was just like a complete you know like nightmare situation And even though we were like cordial with each other, it was still, you know, that's just, that's just a nightmare situation. And so I fast forward a few years, I meet my wife and we're talking about, you know, our pasts and I explain that she's like, that really sucks. And it's come up a bunch of times in the last 13 years that I've been with her. And I'm like, but that job is how I met you. Like the job that that girlfriend got me because her my wife's friend worked at that job with me and he was socially awkward and a little uncomfortable because he was new and we were all going out for drinks after work and he he's like can i bring a friend because and it was my wife and so like she will always be like oh you know anytime we talk about something shitty in that period she'll say something like oh i'm just so sorry you had to go through that i'm like but i'm here because of that but if someone had told me in that, well, this is this is gonna make it be- your life better, I'd have been like, fuck off. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because it doesn't yeah. always. I mean, sometimes you go in a downward True. spiral yeah. and crawl into a bottle and you're an alcoholic for five years and then you die. Yeah. So it doesn't there's not always a silver lining.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and yeah, that's a good point too, is there might be nothing good that comes of that. You might have mm-hmm. to wait, and something good comes over here. Yeah, but also that whole like notion that, um, that that people like to throw out of like, uh, every time God closes the door, He opens another one, or
1: something like that. He it opens like, a window, but if you try to climb through, you'll probably set off the alarm, and the cops will shoot you.
2: Yeah, also you're on the fourth floor. Don't do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah, uh, but, but like, the idea really is that when a door in your life metaphorically closes there are several other doors and Mm -hmm. you have to do your part to look at them and and look at what could be good through them Mm -hmm. if if you just sit there and go no that door closed and that was the only door as you stare at 500 doors
0: yeah and the next door might be like you open it and see a fire and slam it shut and try the next one.
1: Right. And there's a yeah. tiger there. Yeah. But one yeah. door has a lady. Exactly. <laughs> I have an English a ti- Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lady. Yeah. I no, I mean, it's a no any good thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I should point out um, the marriage I was in, um, it wasn't like that was absolute hell or anything it's just probably shouldn't have happened yeah. um we met each other online uh in uh 96 like america online yes exactly and uh, when you were job mookie java exactly i was mookie java <laughs> um and uh we we hit it off really well, and would probably have been great friends. But there was so much about the way we met and all these little coincidences that seemed like something out of You Got Mail or something like that. And we bought into it. We bought Mm -hmm. into that romantic fiction. Uh, You're on the Uh, wrong
1: episode. We talked about Soulmates a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I heard. And the, the myth really of good. soulmates. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah.
2: caught up. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, exactly. I jumped ahead a little too, because yeah. I was like, I want to, I want to know what these guys are talking about now. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, I think we pushed way too much onto something that should have been like you know a good short relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of good came of it. I moved to Chicago. I took improv classes while I was there. Um, I I ended up moving here eventually and and met a ton of wonderful people and got the best job I've ever had. Um, Yeah. And I still get to talk to people like you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is wonderful. I think it's funny is that I think after Mookie moved back to Indianapolis... Like he says, we were two blocks away from his parents' house, and his parents had become addicted to our show, and they came to, like literally correct. every performance, pretty much of of Raleigh's Village Idiots when Mookie was there, but continued after he left. So I think eventually, I think his parents have seen me perform more times than they've seen him perform.
2: Nice, that's correct. Yeah, um, and they they talk about Matthew a lot more than me, which I don't.
1: Yeah. yeah, Craig and I talk about that sometimes. How they talk about me more than you. It's true. Um,
2: My mom especially has this weird thing she does where whoever is not in the room is who she wants to uh, talk about the most. So if Matthew and I are standing in her presence, she wants to talk about my brother to us. And yeah. yeah. One of us leaves and it becomes about us. If me and my brother visit, all she wants to do is talk about Matthew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get... I get similar, so my family, my mom's getting to the stage a little bit, and I'm sure you've both been through this, but where every phone call is like an update on who is has what ailment and is dying. <laughs> so it's like, do you remember Cousin Bobby? And I'm like, nope. No. I have no idea who you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> and then yes, sometimes... You there are certain phrases like that that are attached to a story
2: that like, yeah, it the words themselves, none of them might be horrible, but together they create a mental image that is instantly... Not
1: for Mike, they don't. No. That's like, right! <laughs> because you have Anastasia.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. He has Aphantasia. the princess Anastasia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I would rather Anastasia than Aphantasia. Right? She's but, probably well, it's more You, don't even, you can't have... even remember
1: what she looks like. What do you know?
0: Thank you. Uh, she's the cartoon version of Meg Ryan. Um, Anastasia, yeah. Like that. I had never thought about
2: the, the the possibility of Aphantasia until that episode, and and there was like, well, of course that is possible, and of course that now makes me realize these things about these people throughout my life and things like that. Yeah.
1: What well, my yeah. favorite thing about that, and I had I heard, heard about it before, I think, on another podcast, but the best thing to me from our deep dive conversation was the fact that Mike didn't know it was a thing for most of his life.
0: Correct. Because I just thought people were using flowery language when they were like, I can see it now. I was like, yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know what okay. a pizza looks like.
1: So it makes you wonder how many other things are like that, that your your sensory experience is different than other people and you just don't know it or, or someone else is different and, and they don't know it because Yes. You don't know what someone else's sensory experience is. I mean, I don't it want to sound be like a stoner like, saying, maybe when I see blue, you see green. But yeah. Yeah, But that concept is is there. We all agree
2: that's red. But the colors we're seeing, ah, uh, yes. Sorry. Right. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I always think about, like, I was just telling a coworker today, if you walk across the room, I can see that you're putting more weight on your right leg than usual and asking did you hurt your leg or something like that yeah. i have no idea what is going on inside your brain i don't know if the way your brain normally works is anything like the way mine works and what right. what would be unusual in your thought process i couldn't
1: see that right well i mean but I, we all assume that just because we all think your crazy one does yeah right. No, no. So the, the other thing that from our improv world, and I don't know if you heard of this when you were doing improv Mike, but something that gets said a lot is, "Don't try to be funny up there." Don't, don't try to be funny. And I had a realization at some point that that's bad advice. The real advice should be, "Don't try," period. Because like I and Mookie don't, we do not try to be funny. When we hear, the, when we process the world, we process it in every possible joke. That can be responded to it, and that's our nature. We're not trying; that just comes out natural. When I tr- yeah. when I'm not being funny, that's when I'm trying and not being true to myself. Yeah, so I think people yeah. who aren't naturally funny think that we're trying to be funny all the time and don't realize it's no. We just can't keep the filter on all the time. We have to let it out sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that some. Yeah. that's a completely disagree. But I, I think also that it's a muscle. So once you've trained the muscle, then you're not trying and and maybe I'm wrong about how it worked for you guys. But for me, like I, you know, I, I, part of it was learning how to deal with bullies in middle school, going into high school. I learned, I was like, if I'm making fun of me, they're not going to be making fun of me. And I like trained started training my brain and I was listening to a ton of stand up, and I, you know, and so I, my brain got trained well enough that I'm, I can be pretty good with comebacks and 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 mm-hmm. but now it's I don't comeback, try Maria. now it yeah, you brought it back, good, I don't try anymore do. now now yeah. I have to <laughs> uh oh my god right on my tramp uh,
1: stamp <laughs> aim here <laughs> don't
0: uh now I have to try not i have to try to to hold myself back because i've I've trained the muscles so much, and i especially when you don't know how someone's going to behave, react to it. But I, you know. Uh,
2: my favorite, by the way, uh, because I made jokes about these people, I have to balance it out. Um, there was a guy who would call every Sunday afternoon. He had been living with AIDS for some time and all he wanted was, he was desperate for news. He wanted new research, new treatments, things like that. And he would call up and uh, no matter who he spoke to, he said, uh, hi, this is Sam. That's not my real name. Uh, and I know you're not allowed to give me your name. So um, I'm going to call you Charlie. And and then he would just pleasantly ask about, you know, is there any news, anything like that? And we'd go through and tell him a, a little bit. And then he wanted to talk for a moment or two. Um, and unfortunately, we would have to rush him off the phone because... It was that kind of a thing. It's a hotline, yeah, it's a hotline exactly. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, there's another example. Um, you know, that was a a terrible disease, hurting a lot of people. I had a job that was frustrating because uh, I, I wasn't capable of being the uh, android they needed, and and yet. I have funny stories from it, mm-hmm. and also uh, some really warm stories from it. And I, really, if if I could change it all again, I wouldn't. I'd still do it. We're it's well it. worth it for the experience.
0: Yeah, that's. I I did not expect you to be able to bring it back to the topic after after we. Yeah, that's that, it. was, that was. It's
1: a moody skill bringing the story back.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's right. I was like, how are we going to get back from AIDS now? (laughs) (laughs) You got to
1: see the good in AIDS, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like between
2: improv and ADHD, like that's one of the the, the coping mechanisms that's really helped me is um, just, I think there's a part of my brain that's always focused on have I gone too far off track?
1: You gotta, and peripheral vision still see the original narrative and know that you can turn and get back to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not too uh, shabby.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so Sorry. obviously that's about that lines about Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford met Adam Sandler and yes. the first thing he said to him was, "I'm half." <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> which yes. is awesome. It's amazing that I, that's like one of my favorite Hollywood stories,
2: that, theory, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford is uh, uh just. I, I do not want Harrison Ford to die. I also no, okay. don't believe that my words could make that happen if I wanted it to. Yeah. But, I want Harrison Ford to check out unblemished. It's like, All right. No, I mean like my day to day job. I work for uh, the Children's Museum of Indianapolis. Is this weird anomaly. Uh, It started in 1925 in a little carriage house and then over the years grew and grew and it's more like a standard um, museum for adults. It just happens to be aimed at kids. So instead of being like a play place kind of children's museum, it's a museum with actual dinosaur fossils and, uh, historical artifacts and things like that. Just all the signs are written for six years old and no. up. Um, and which is kind of nice because um, you guys get it. Indiana yeah. and North Carolina are not that different in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> basketball depends. is not the only one. And there's a reason we're called the heartland, not the Smartland. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: How many people do you get challenging you? saying that th- these dinosaur bones aren't real. And More than you'd cats, expect. So not, but, you know. Yeah,
2: right? More than you'd expect, but not for the reason you'd expect. Okay. There's a ton of people out there who don't believe or can't believe that dinosaurs were real things that actually existed. And it has nothing to do with faith. They just are like Come on. No really? way. And a lot of it is because people don't understand like uh how we know what we know about. They don't understand that like bones are bones. So if you look at a femur of a triceratops, it looks like a femur from your cat or you. Yeah. Or if you've ever carved a turkey, you know what a T-Rex's bones look like. They're yeah. very similar. And so my job, especially with adults, a lot of times, is is kind of showing them that they know more than they think they do, um, and that it's not about experts in an ivory tower say, blah blah blah. It's most of my job is, okay, you know what bones look like. You've seen an X-ray. You can see that, and just the more that you can get people to. Say that they have the knowledge already. They don't doubt themselves. They don't. They don't go. Nah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I. We used to get a lot more uh, uh, creationists, young Earth creationists, because the Creation Museum is not that far away. It's just down across the river. Um, but one thing that we've worked really hard at is um not really engaging um we're just the polite face of science and when people come in trying to challenge it we go i can't really address that um that's not what we're about i can tell you what we got the numbers that we've got on these things and why that says 65 million what you do with that is up to you and your family that's fine
1: Um, And we weren't fun anymore, so they stopped coming. I was on a tour of a cavern once, and the guy was saying, you know, this stalagmite took 65 million years, this stalactite took 20, you know, whatever. And so I asked the same question. I said, well, you know, what about people who think they're 6,000 years old? And he got quiet for a second, like sizing me up, like, oh my god, am I that person? And this is my approach to challenging him.
0: And Uh. my
1: wife cut in with, no, we don't think that. We're just curious if people say it. He goes, okay, good. He goes, I, I'm not here to fight. And he's a young kid. You know, he's like maybe a high school or college student just doing tours, you yeah. know? And he goes, I just switch my language to the geologists say it took this much time. I just add that prefix. So I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm just telling you what the geologists say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's an easy. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like what I tell my volunteers.
2: Like we've got a staff that are paid to be here, but there are also volunteers like at any nonprofit museum. And they're not paid to stand there and take it. And I tell them to say things like that. Yeah. Like, it's basically just what gets past this moment quickest. Because right. all we really care about is, isn't that thing cool? Yeah. Um, funny thing, though, that, that you just mentioned. I, I suspect I get more um, questions about being asked questions by creationists. Like, like, how often do you get this kind of thing? Then I get questions about dinosaurs. I feel like <laughs> the general adult public knows more about there are people that don't think these existed or don't think they're older than Egypt uh, Then there are people who
1: actually know some things about animals that used to be alive, yeah. And so when we talk about bad things with good things embedded in them, this is definitely not causal, except for maybe having time to do it. But during the early days of the shutdown, mm. Mookie started a, was it daily or almost daily? Weekly. Um, w- weekly, like um, mid afternoon dinosaur snack time. <laughs> was that what it was called? Yeah. Where it was Mookie would do fun facts about dinosaurs. Like today, we're going to talk about this, that dinosaur and do fun. And uh, my Leah and Motherby, like on their calendar like they never missed one and i'm sure there are a lot of there was like part of their mental health routine was yep. being there for dinosaur and i'm sure i'm sure you probably heard that from dozens and dozens of people who like it was one of the bright spots of being stuck at home was knowing that mookie was going to broadcast
2: and the thing that sucked the most about it was i would get that feedback i also was working from home and had to do that and there were just other things and it was the lockdown it was hard on all of us it got to the point where just doing that content on a weekly basis was too much and I had to stop doing that even though I knew it was helping a bunch of people too and it sucked yeah. Madhavi tells me to this day I need to do
1: it again
0: yeah I have oh, a I dinosaur got a text
1: from Madhavi she said I need to yep. yeah, probably heard me yeah. saying it yeah <laughs>
0: I I have a uh, uh, dinosaur-related thing um, that was bad that has become good. Yeah. Uh, The devil put the dinosaur bones in the ground to fool us, and now we have Jurassic Park. So There you go! (laughs) The original, not the new ones.
2: You guys, you guys, you'll appreciate this, even though it's a little off topic. Uh, So, in our dinosaur exhibit, we've got a bunch of fossils on display, but then off to the side... There's a, um, a pretend dig site where we've got a plastic copy of one of our fossil skeletons buried in gravel and epoxy um, that you pick apart with little plastic tools. And it's it's approximately as hard as it is to dig through rock with sharper tools. So you get the idea of, like, doing the actual work. Um, and in a way that an improv coach would love. Um, we get in there and, and we talk with kids while we're doing it. But you don't talk about the digging. That just becomes the activity everybody's doing. While you talk about other things. Because that's how life works. Um, so a lot of times kids will be digging. And they'll go like, how did all the dinosaurs die? And you get into that conversation or something else. So one day... I'm in there and there's one kid and uh, his dad and his dad's standing over here. And as we're digging, something came up about um, Velociraptors. And I said, they're pretty cool. Uh, you know, they're not quite what they're not made out to be in in Park. <laughs> movies, like in Jurassic Park. And he goes, oh, I know. Uh, and I said, oh, you've seen it? And he goes, uh, yeah, a couple of times. And my grandfather worked on it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, your, your father worked on the movie Jurassic Park? He's like, mm-hmm. And then we went back to digging, and the conversation went someplace else. And, and then, I don't know, maybe he's like, Ten minutes later, his dad goes. His uh his mom's dad is Stan Winston. <laughs>
1: With it. Yeah, he worked on it. Yeah, yeah, he worked on it. Bit. Worked on every uh special effect for any movie ever made.
0: Yes, yes. That's awesome.
1: And so
2: I went back to the kid and I said, I have to tell you something that you're probably not going to appreciate as much right now, but in a few years. I just want you to know this. All of this wouldn't have been built if people weren't super interested in dinosaurs in the late nineties, early two thousands, people wouldn't have been interested in all that. If it hadn't been for a movie called Jurassic Park, that movie wouldn't have been interesting to people if it wasn't for your grandfather. Yeah. Please take that with you and please tell your grandfather. Thank you.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, what 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 like the weird flukiness of that kid just being in there digging dinosaur fossils and just chatting? Yeah, I love stuff like that.
0: I I don't think we're gonna get a better note to end this episode on <laughs> than that. <laughs> um, and I'm getting hungry. Sorry, guys. Uh, but fair enough. Matthew, do you want to do the the? obligatory stuff this week since you you made fun of me so hard the last three weeks
1: like obligatory stuff so anyone who's watching us on youtube if you would do us the favor of liking this video make a comment any comment at all talk about how amazing mookie is as a guest that helps the algorithm it helps other people see the video and that would be awesome and while you're at it you know what ring that notification bell so you know when the next video drops now if you're listening to the audio um Hey, where are you listening to it? Is it somewhere where you can rate us like iTunes? Go ahead and rate us and leave us a review. That would be awesome. If you want to hear more of the content, some of the stories that we took out so that our coworkers and family members won't hear it, you can get those if you go onto Patreon. And just for $3 a month, you get much longer versions of these podcasts with all those stories. Or on Apple, you can do what's called subscribing for that same $3 a month and get that extended version. And tell you a little secret, if you go to patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff, you can $10 a month subscribe. I mean, you'll, you'll be the only one who does it, but you can $10 a month subscribe, and you'll get some podcasts with super filthy stories that we don't even want to hear each other say. Yeah. So please join us in any of those places. And I want to thank you, Mookie, for coming here today to talk about the big stuff like your dinosaurs.
0: Yes. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys
1: so much for being here.
0: Absolute uh... pleasure. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production.
2: Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.